take a look at the newspapers this morning. His debut novel is called Twelve Months. I've got it here in front of me. He's from Poole, although he spent uh, the last few months or so going round the world. Uh, in 2003, he decided, that's it, blow the job, I'm off, and went. So why did he do that? We're about to find out. Lee, good morning to you. Good morning. So you were quantity surveying. I was, So yes. you know how many bricks there are in a wall, then? I do, yes. Oh, it's a stunner. I like people. Uh, do you count every one of them individually? Or? Um... Tend not to, no. Tend not to. No. Do, you, do you weigh them? No. No, generally with a tape measure. Yes, with a tape measure. Yeah. I've always been enamoured of quantity surveyors. I think they do a right whizzy job. <laughs> but you decided enough was enough, I don't want to stay quantity surveying for the rest of my life. No, that's right. And off you went. Yeah. yeah why? why did you go? Just, uh, travel is something I've always wanted to do. Yeah. And, um, with, you know, various things that happened in 2003, I decided that, you know, like you say, enough was enough, and it was the right time for me to go, really. Um... So, yeah, I started in Asia and sort of worked my way around. Worked your way around there? Yeah. Did you choose where to go? Or was, did you choose the first place to go and then sort of... I, yeah, I kind of chose... I mean, it's surprising, actually, when you when you get going, that the um, the amount of people that are doing the same really? trek as you. Yeah. And everyone seems to be getting the same places. Um, but I started in India, mm. um, which was a bit of a baptism of fire, mm. um, and then sort of moved on to Thailand and Malaysia, which everyone else seems to do, down to Singapore, mm. Australia, New Zealand, and... Back you all the follow the same route then? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. It's surprising how many people you sort of lose touch with and then catch up with again as right. the sort of schedules overlap and yeah. what have you. Yeah. I mean, people said to that before I left that, um, you know, oh, you'd be surprised how many people you meet up with. I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. But you, but you do, and you, you do re-meet people along the way who all seem to be doing the same same journey. Yeah? yeah. So it's rather like, sort of, we're off to Paris, but we'll never meet up, and then yeah. everyone ends up at the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, we do hear that these people go on a, like a two-week holiday and meet, you know, Mrs. Moggins, who lives down the road, mm. and, you know, they've, they've gone sort but of... You just kept bumping into people trekking all Pretty around. much, yeah, yeah. So on the trekking front, then, you, you were staying, what, in tents, or you were staying in hostels? In hostels, yeah. yeah. Are they easy to find? I mean, has it become so popular that every time you turn a corner, there's somewhere and someone there trying to encourage you to come and sleep in their house. That's all right, you can come and sleep in my house. Um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah. that, I think that's why India was so different as well, because I, I got to Bangkok, and um, people who just arrived there from England were like, oh, you know, it's so Asian and, um, you know, cultured and whatever. And, and But if you've got Kosan Road in Bangkok, it's... Mm. There's more Westerners there than there? than than locals. Whereas if you get out of a tuk tuk in the middle of Delhi, yeah. you're literally the the only Westerner there. Oh, yeah. um, but no, I mean once you get out of India, it's it's pretty much there's there's plenty of hostels to to pick from. To, yeah. to go around. Yeah. So six months to do it. Yeah. And um, then no sort of thought because a lot of people also said that when they get to Australia and and places like that, they tend to look around and think this is nice. I could stay here. Yeah, I thought that. You more were always going to come back. Um, well, I didn't have a lot of choice really. Mm. Um, I did have a choice, but four days before I left, um, my best mate, Bob, mm. God bless him, decided to send me a text message saying he was getting married. All oh, right. And could I be back oh. uh, to be best man? With a way, isn't it? So, um... Really spoil your fun, friend. Yeah, so I did come back. You did. But, but a lot of people say, you know, rave about Australia, but to be honest, I think it was more New Zealand right. for me. Yeah, you see, I... I was thinking exactly the same. I was thinking I'd be off for six months, but now that Charles and Camilla are getting married, I'm expecting a note. Mr. Yeah, absolutely. Come along to the wedding, yeah. so I don't want to go away and uh, and you know spoil their their wedding day. Really, to absolutely. Be honest. Yeah, so why I've got, not? Yeah. I've got to keep myself in readiness. <laughs> I can see that. So when you got back, yeah. you've no longer got a job anymore. I yeah, I am actually part timing. You're part as a you know, as a surveyor. Counting bricks. I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah, go in and count the odd brick now yeah. and again just to pay the mortgage. But you decided something that you've always wanted to do was to write a book. Yeah. And and you did. I did. Yeah, um, had problems publishing it. Mm, many um, do. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think the sort of rule of thumb is that sort of agents and publishers get 
in the region of sort of 200 submissions a week, yes. of which they take on maybe sort of three or four new clients a year. Um, so I mean, it's you know, obviously it's got to be a good book, but I think you, there's an element of luck in it as mm. well. So um, no, I did a lot of research and found a company in America um, who do publishing on demand, mm -hmm. and you basically upload the the book onto their website and print out the copies you've as you've seen. Oh, I see. So you just you can order one or a hundred or you know however many however many you want. So it's quite good from that point of view because you haven't got to have the initial investment of spending you know two grand to get a thousand printed off when you don't right. know when you're going to sell any. Nice. So. So, and I've got the, a copy here in front. This one was obviously on demand. Did you demand this one, then? I demanded you it, You demanded yes. that one. And they pr they print it. I mean, it's nicely covered, and it's all sort of got all of the bits, you know, the proper bindings and everything else yeah. that goes with it. So it's a proper book, as they say. Yeah. It, it's not just a, a series of A4 pages and everything. No. So when you'd finished it, self-publishing was was the way you, you wanted to go forward. It was the only way you could go forward. It was the only way I could go forward, because, yeah. I mean, it, you know... I, as much as you want to believe in yourself, you, I don't know, and I still don't know. I mean, the, the book's hopefully going on sale next week, but yeah. I still don't know how many how people many are going to buy it. Right. And there's similar companies in this country um, who you can go on demand publishing with, but you have to pay like 500 quid up front. Yeah, right. So with, well, say with the company I've been with, you don't pay anything. You don't. So you haven't got that initial outlay. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, unless you're going to bite the bullet and, say, spend a couple of grand and then end up with... You know, a thousand, a thousand books that nobody wants. That's it. So you've got to be careful on that, yeah. haven't you? So you, you've done this one, but you, that's not stopped you because it, you, you didn't get a publisher to do it. That's mm. not stopped you moving on writing other things. No, that's right. No, I mean, I think there's the statistic that I think it's 95%, I read somewhere, that 95% of people who write a book don't actually ever write a second. No. Possibly because they think, you know, I've, I've written enough, what, enough's I've enough, I've had enough of that. And, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I mean, it's just something I've, I've always loved doing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've, I'm working on the sequel at the moment, which does involve right? travelling a little bit. Ah, I see, right, mm. OK, because you've got to say, it's called 12 Months. What's yeah. it about? It's um, basically about a guy uh, called Connor in his mm. mid-twenties who uh, finds himself on sort of New Year's Eve brooding in a nightclub on his own, having been sort of uh, advised together by his dad, you know, mm. get out and having split with his girlfriend and his dad advised him, you know, go out and sort of... Um, you know, stop feeling sorry for yourself, and mm. it's really he's kind of lost touch with his friends whilst in the relationship, as as you know some people do, and it's him kind of rebuilding his his yeah. life and rebuilding the relationships with his friends, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a twelve month Every journey 12 with months. with him and his friends up until New Year, yeah. New Year's Eve of the following year. Right, oh, there we are. Uh, but the new ideas you've got, you're you're writing again, yeah, uh, and no doubt hoping that you won't have to self-publish. Hopefully Next not. Time, it'll no, it'd go, go out to other publishers. No, that's that's right. Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully, see it, see what happens with the bookshops next. Yeah, in the next few months. But, but if um, I want to get a copy of this, the only way I can do this now is, is from next week is to, is to go online. Then, no, um, from next week. Um, I mean, I'm very grateful. The Borders in Bournemouth and Otters in Pool mm -hmm. have both agreed to to stock it. Great. Because um, again, it's very difficult. You can't just walk into sort of a Waterstones or whatever and say, "Stop my book, please." No. Um, so no, the two local. Bookshops, bookshops have, have agreed to, and, and then on on the website as well. Right. Okay. And the website being? It's lulu.com. Lulu. Yeah. Dot com. Yeah. Uh, and that's L U L U. L U L U. Oh, yeah. Right. Lulu.com then, and you can find out more about Twelve Months by Lee Crompton, or pop into the uh, local bookshop, Otticus in Pool then, and the other one in uh, Borders in Bournemouth. Borders in Bournemouth. Yeah. And uh, you can find a copy of it there then. If uh, that's it. have a look through it and see. 
all the proper books are there. It's Connor, had always hated New Year's Eve, uh, but this is a New Year's Eve that may well change his entire life, as you'll find out, no doubt. Uh, he's been looking through the papers, not Connor, but Lee Crompton. Uh, he is the author, and he's picked up the stories this morning. Uh, the first one being, well, everybody seems to be talking weddings this morning, and why not for the happy couple, as they say, wonderful stuff. But you found a wedding uh, with a slight difference. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's just caught my eye because Valentine's Day and all very romantic, especially with this morning's news. Um, there's one woman uh, in particular who's um, had a wedding with a difference because she wants a dog as a bridesmaid. Ah. Um, you know, so, I mean, you could get away with saying that, you know, the, well, the bridesmaid's a bit of a dog. Right. Because you could, obviously she you? would be yes, a dog. In so, this instance. Yeah. So she's going to make, because I remember the story about yesterday, they, she's going to make the wedding dress. Uh, for herself, but she's also going to make a bridesmaid's dress for the dog. Yes. Yeah, I've seen a picture of that. It's pretty weird. Is it? Mm. Don't you think the dog would be a bit embarrassed? Um, do dogs get embarrassed? I think dogs do get embarrassed. Right. If they're forced to do things that they really shouldn't be doing. Yeah. I mean, is she, she's just a bridesmaid. She's not the maid of honour. I don't like know. It didn't, it didn't really go into it. I mean, I think they, she'd probably be better at, you know, it's kind of, it's a bit complicated because right. she'd be better at catching the bouquet, I would imagine. Yes, would be. What about going to the hairdressers prior to that? Would you think they'd send the dog to the hairdresser? <laughs> Who knows? I mean, I, I don't know whether they're going to sort of dye yeah. the dog's hair or whatever. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It didn't, oh. it didn't touch on that, but I just think it's a bit... Um, I don't know, maybe she hasn't got any... I don't, I don't know the woman, but I mean, maybe she hasn't got any friends to be bright. May well I mean, be the case, mightn't it? We, we mustn't sort of put it down on this. No. The dog has certainly made the news this morning. Uh, a lot of dogs making the news this morning, but that particular one, uh, because <laughs> she's going to be a bridesmaid as opposed to a bride. Yes. Uh, Ellen MacArthur next, then. Everybody's talking Ellen MacArthur, but... Yes. You sort of uh, were you a fan of Ellen's? Um, I think it's a fantastic achievement. Mm. But um, one, one again, the news story that's got caught my eye was the fact that this man has been found uh, off the coast of the Yemen. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd been floating in a fridge. In a fridge was for he a week. To break Ellen's world record in a fridge. No, he was surviving a storm. Ah, and um, but unfortunately, he didn't have any food or water for a week. What in the fridge? Yeah. So you think well, if you were going to obviously take the wrong fridge, isn't exactly. It? I mean, if you're going to if you're going to choose a fridge to to go afloat in the for a week for right. at, at least, least get one from Sainsbury's. Yeah, pick one with some food in. Yeah, loads mm. of food and stuff. You'd be all right in one of those. So where did they pick him up? Um, off the, the Royal Navy picked him up off the coast of the Yemen in a fridge. In a fridge. Right. Yes. I just I can't see the concept of getting into my fridge and floating about on the sea. I mean, this is a big fridge. It, this, it, it must have been a big a big, big fridge. fridge. So they found the man uh, sheltering from a storm. Yes. He was, I knew he was out at sea. I mean, I don't know how bad this storm was, but... Well, I just sort of... I, I mean, there's a number of stories here. One, why was he in a fridge in the first place? I mean, <laughs> if there's a storm comes along, I wouldn't immediately think... You know, you don't get... We don't give warnings out here when storms come. I mean, everybody gives warnings. Yes. Rain kills and things. Yeah. We do it on this yeah. programme. But if I sort of suddenly start to say, storm warning, storm warning, people across the south of England wouldn't immediately go for their fridges. No. Would they? No, I mean, it's, it'd be quite cold. Maybe they do things differently in the Yemen. Well, who knows? I mean, it might be... A, I'm, I'm imagining it's a derelict fridge lying derelict fridge. somewhere, as, right. as you see everywhere, don't you, on the streets Storm of Britain? Storm comes, man yeah. gets into fridge, yeah. fridge floats away. Yeah, I didn't even know fridges could float, to be honest. No. But right. apparently they can. And when this man is in the fridge, he just and he ends up seven miles off the coast, probably falls asleep in it, mm. uh, and wakes up and says, oh, damn, what a silly mistake. All right, man in fridge then. Fine, yes. we've got him. And then football, finally. Are you a football fan yourself? I am, yes. You are. Mm. So you'll have watched the England-Holland match last night. Yeah, I think I'd have rather watched paint dry, to be was honest. It? Was but, it that um, good? Yeah, I think um, my mum could obviously right. could have played a bit better than Sean Wright Phillips, to be honest. But um, Oh, right. Yeah. But everybody was telling me yesterday that Sean Wright Phillips was the man. He's he was the, the jack Yeah, the he's the man who's going to save us and yeah. you know, propel us into the, 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 the World Cup. But he, he didn't play particularly right. well last night. Did Wayne Rooney swear? 
I didn't see. You know, normally you can lip read a few, but um, yeah, what they say. I'm sure he probably did. He probably did then. Mm. So Wayne was out there doing his bit. Sean mm. Wright Phillips didn't play as well as he could do. Then, no, right? No, but um, it just sort of caught my eye again. This this um, story because there's all this talk about congestion of fixtures yes. in our league. And, um, yeah, I mean, to, to be honest, it didn't look like they were given a lot of passion, sort of, no, either side, really. they were really. a bit tired. Yeah, so, um, so I, uh, this story is um, about the longest football match ever recorded, mm. um, when the Trevor McDonald 11 took on Elstead Village Idiots. Right. Um, the final score was 197-69. Yeah. And they played for over 25 hours. Right. So I think that could maybe be a lesson to these, you know, I, I doubt they're on sort of 90 grand a week mm. either, these these people. No. And the, and the winners in this instance were? Were, uh, were the Trevor McDonald 11. 11. So yes. The, the Elstead, uh, Elstead Village Idiots. Village Idiots. Mm. Similarly in that respect to Southampton then, sort of playing all that all that time and not winning. Well, I, you know, I couldn't possibly comment on that. No, well, it's just mentioning Harry Redknapp. We have to mention him every weekday on the program. Right, yes, I had noticed. Yeah. It is contractual. Is, is uh, he sponsored by him? Uh, we're not sponsored by him, no, no, right. but we're trying to get him on. He comes on now and again as a summariser. Does he? We get annoyed at the fact that sports programmes have summarisers. Most yeah. of them are ex-Southampton managers because they've got a lot of ex-Southampton managers they have they have lots to, to pick from yeah. uh, and we've actually decided well we'll go for the one that's there at the moment Fair enough. Uh, before he becomes ex mm. so we why not get in there quick get in there fast mm. well you can get in quick and find Lee Crompton's novel it's uh, called 12 Months and available from the local bookshops where Lee comes from he's uh, off on the next one and the next one is uh, a follow up to this but it you've is. got other ideas as well yeah I've, I've kind of really got to focus because I've got um, kind of halfway through the, the sequel and then I've got a thriller oh, right. as well which is completely Completely different, off at a completely okay. different tangent. So yeah, lots of lots of ideas in the pipeline. Oh, we're good with it. Good luck with it. I'm sure it'll all work out, and it, it, it's far more exciting. But uh, actually, harder work than counting bricks, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it always is the way, isn't it? But I'm sure you'll succeed, Lee. Good to see you. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Thanks very much.